What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Comic Book Lair. I'm Kyle. I'm Ray. And we got a good one for you today. We are diving into Volume 3 of Middle West. I've been looking forward to this uh, since we started, dude. I've been loving this story, and I can't wait to dive into uh, Volume 3 of this bad boy. Dude, I've been looking for this. I've been looking. I've been looking for. Son I've, been, I've been looking for. <laughs> oh no! I've been looking forward to this night all week. Heck yeah, buddy! Um, uh, man. Speaking of speaking of weeks, how was your week, dude? It was another tough week, but let's um, let's just talk about the weather for one second, Bran. Because I'll tell you what. Did you call me Bran? Man, brand, I don't know what I called you, but listen, I have never seen the weather so fickle in my life lately. Today was a beautiful day, but like earlier this week, it was like sleeting at my house. Really? Yes. I'm not talking a little bit. It was a lot. Like there was still some on the ground in the morning when I woke up. Gnarly, dude. Got freaking cold. Yeah. A couple of days ago, my wife was leaving for work. She told me she had ice on her windshield. Yeah, dude, it was um, got super cold here and um, just weird. But today was a beautiful day. So um, yeah. gonna, I think I'm going to get some hiking in this weekend. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. You've been hiking. You were hiking lately, weren't you? Yeah, I just I went on a little hike with the fam last weekend. We got a little 2.2 or about two miles in. That's pretty good. It's pretty good for yeah. my for my kids. And they had a blast. So. Uh, it was fun, man. We went to our old stomping grounds where we used to live. So it was fun for my oldest because she remembers it so well. And it was cool to share those that spot with Sarah, a little one. So Nice, dude. Yeah, it's always good. Like, um, if my son can do two miles, I'll, I'm stoked. That's pretty good for, for the little. Yeah. So, yeah. heck, even my older ones, like, uh-huh. if they get two miles, I'm stoked. There's a, like, right at a mile, there's a really cool tree that Hannah calls her favorite tree. Uh, and there's a picnic table under there. So we stopped there and we kind of hung out, had a snack. She ran around the tree and we played a little guess the animal, which is just my favorite game. In the whole <laughs> and then we just walked about another mile and headed back home. So it was fun, dude. Nice, dude. Yeah, I'm glad you got out because uh, with the, when it's, you have these nice days, dude, it's good to get out and enjoy, enjoy the old nature. The mornings right now are just where it's at for me. It's like that nice 65, 67, but the sun's out. See, it's cold here. Yeah, I, can't, oh. I can't enjoy the mornings yet because it's too cold. I'm talking morning for me is probably not morning for you. Oh, yeah. Morning for uh, me is like I'm out the door at like 5. Yeah, I'm talking like we were out there at like maybe, I don't know, 9, 30, 10. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's like so, mid-afternoon for me. So that's. I'm eating lunch at that time. <laughs> But yeah, man. Good. Other than that, what have you been up to, buddy? Dude, remember how last week we were talking, uh, talking a little bit of sports, and or maybe it was last week when we were chatting about um, getting refs getting beat up. Just yeah, just people getting rowdy at kids' games, and like, so I had the funniest thing happen to me. So I I went to um, this basketball game at my, my daughter's middle school, seventh and eighth grade basketball girls, and she was not even on the basketball team. She was just cheerleading for it. So I had no like. I wasn't invested at all in these teams, right? So I get there just to watch her cheer, and we're watching the basketball game. And it was uh, it was pretty close the first half, and then the second half, like our team, um, they played really well together. 
as as like a team unit, and um, they ended up like beating them like forty something to twenty something. Well, the other team had this one player who was exceptionally good, like head and shoulders beyond all the players there, even our teams. But she was literally like the only player on her team that scored any points. She literally scored all 20 some of her points. And um, I started watching just because I was impressed with how good this, I'm assuming she was an eighth grader. But um, there was a couple like, um, and I don't know basketball that well like you do you're the resident basketball expert (laughs) that's not saying a ton for us but yeah okay but um there was a couple like hard fouls that like could have went either way in my eyes and basketball is such a fast-paced sport like it's even for the refs it's got to be hard to like get every single call right Mm-hmm. And so there was a couple calls that I was like, oof, that could have went either way. And of course, parents, you know, are getting loud and that's not a block or that's not a charge, you know. And I'm just like, come on, like these dudes just got off their nine to five and they're coming here for, for you know, volunteering their time. And I was like, leave them alone, you know. And it didn't have any impact in the game because right, yeah. our team was already up 20 some points. I was like, dude, just let them shoot a couple free throws. Like what is it going to mm-hmm. do, you know. Anyways, the game's over. I'm walking out to my car and the rest are parked right next to me. And this dude runs by me, like running. I thought maybe he was running late, trying to get into the car with his family or whatever. But he's literally like running to go catch the referees to argue a call in the game. Oh my And I am dying laughing because we just spoke about this. And I'm like, this guy can't let it go. Like he's on the (laughs) team that won anyways. Like it didn't make a difference. And now he's in the parking lot arguing with these two volunteer refs about a call that he thought was a charge. They said it was a block. And this dude's sitting on the very top of the bleachers. My gosh. So he probably saw the play so well because he was so close. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what these two refs were explaining. They're like, dude, we were on the floor, man. He's like, the way it might have looked from your advantage was different than from when we saw it, you know. And it was just, yeah. it was just hilarious to me because how fresh it was in my mind of us having a conversation about it and um, just sports in general and just ref. Like, gosh, it's got to be so challenging. Like, I would never want to do what they do. Dude, there's no way you could pay me enough to ref. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it game. if I was paid. Exactly. I know. But, dude, this is quite the week for people getting mad at refs, man. What else happened? The Super Bowl. Oh yeah! See, that's another thing. The whole that hold call or whatever. Yeah, everyone's losing their minds. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just uh, there's got to be like a the lot problem of this- is is that we like so many of us are putting our freaking identities on our sports teams. I'm like, <laughs> at the end of the day, this is just entertainment, man. Like, yeah, let it go. Yeah, yeah, no, and we kind of talked about it early in the week in the week about like sports and technology and how like like in baseball now i i seen a thing that they're like literally have a strike zone like digitalized strike zone that they can go to and like pause the game and to see if it was a ball or a strike and i'm just like get out of here with that it's taking it too far so a little crazy but i just thought it was hysterical that you know hey, you're I, a baseball I, guy let me I ask am. you a quick question okay what do you think about them implementing that new uh, extra innings rule where the dude always starts on second a base? A dude on second? Well, they, here's the thing. Baseball is like, um, 
I don't know, baseball goes through stages. Like it was dying and then they had that home run race with, uh, you know, like Mark McGuire and Sosa and that like kind of saved baseball. But, you know, like, so thank God for steroid use in that era. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, they want to speed the game up. You know, they, they implemented like a, uh, pitching clock now like pitchers only have a certain amount of time to to throw the ball um they implemented like you can't change pitchers all the time like you, they have to face three batters now they can't just like which oh, i don't know takes a lot of the management away and a lot of the chess game because that's what baseball mm-hmm. is to me like hey this player's coming up next let's throw this pitcher and oh no uh, i gotta change this guy out like no. it takes a lot of that out of the game and i understand like it's hard to sit and watch a three hour game. Yeah. Like I can't do it all the time, no. you know? So I get it that they want to uh, speed it up. And like baseball is already like the season's 162 games. That's so wild, so, like, man. Yeah. So when dude, when you're playing nine innings and you have to play extras, like there were some games that went like 18 innings, you know? And you're just like, dude, that's two, that's six hours. Who has Jeez. time to be doing that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to baseball, but I totally understand it a lot of the time. You know, like it's got to take its toll on people's bodies too, you know? One of the things I never knew was a rule in basketball until I started like really watching it. They have a time limit at the free throw line. And I didn't know that. Yeah, because I'm not going to say his name right, but oh man, the dude on the Bucks, Giannis. Giannis, thank you. Giannis, yeah. And uh, dude, he he goes over time limit like Does so he? frequently, and he gets called for it because he's just he's like he's struggling from the free throw line, so he's got this whole routine, and oh he's been God, whistled for, that. dude. That's you have hilarious. to shoot it within ten seconds, and he's just out there like, what is he doing with the ball? Like spinning it on his finger. <laughs> like, what can you do? I don't know. I think it's just like I'm gonna have to watch him now. You're in a, it's like a mind game at the free throw line for these guys, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, huh. just have wild. you watched any of the all star stuff? Isn't all star for basketball this week? I watched some of the rising stars. Uh, I watched the, oh, yeah, 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 the, the final of that today, and uh, it was okay. I what, do you, what do you think? Let's get down to the brass tacks here. What do you think about all star games in general? Or like, you know, now every sport's like all star week. Yeah. What well, do you think about it? I'm sick of them. Yeah, I. I think They're it's so cool. boring. I know. I think the idea of it's cool to get all the best players together for a week to have some fun. The problem is, no one's being competitive because it's literally a rest week for them, and there's not a lot of reason to watch it. I do like some of the more contesty things, like the three point, the slam dunk contest. Or in hockey, some of the skills con like I like skills contests. Like even at the Pro Bowl, they'll do a lot of that where the quarterback's got to hit a dime from like fifty yards out, and uh, that's <laughs> stuff cool. Yeah, yeah. Here's but I'm the- not interested in the game. I'm not interested in watching a flag football game. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Here's what I don't like. I don't like how, and I think it's in basketball. I don't know if it's in all sports, but I don't like that players are nominated. Like, I don't like that you and I can vote for players. I don't like it either. I think that's silly. No, because like one year... There should be a standard. I I think it's in baseball too. I I don't know. Like one year dudes that are like on... Hasn't even played a game got voted just because they're a popular player. It's like, dude, this guy hasn't even put a point on the board and he's at the All-Star game? I know. That's silly. I don't like it either, man. Um, But let me ask you this. 
You want to dive into some Middle West? Dude, let's get into book three, man, of Middle West. It had some, I had some big expectations for it. Um, one and two were so good. Yeah. Going into this one. Two big things are going down. Yeah. Got so, two big things on the move. You've got Abel planning an escape from Raider Farms. You've got Jeb and Magdalena planning a rescue mission. Oh, and then you've got Dale uh, storming it up all the way to try to save his son. Like things are moving and shaking here in volume three to start it off. Man. Yeah, they had, you know, there was a lot that had to get wrapped up here in volume three. So going into it after we finished up the first two volumes, like <clears throat> this one was kind of hard. To, we didn't know where this was going, right? Mm-hmm. It, this one was kind of hard to um, judge. Yeah, to guess, to judge. And I would have been way off if I would have gave anything last week. We we didn't know wh- where it was headed. And uh, so going into it, what what were you thinking? What were your expectations? Let me hear uh, what you were thinking when you when you first opened this book this week. It was hard to have like a ton of expectations just because where we left off, we were both just kind of like, we're going to need to read it to find out sort yeah. of thing is where we were. But I think overall through through, you know, beginning this story, um, I wanted to see a resolution between Abel and Dale. Uh, I wanted to find out what Jeb was all up to. Uh, and then at the end of volume two, I wanted Magdalena to like, you know, live up to her word. Uh, I wanted the Bobby and Abel relationship to become something for Abel more than he was allowing it to be, uh, you know, through volume one and two. Uh, and I wanted to see how Abel was going to deal with the anger inside of him. Because remember, at first we were deciding, is he going to be able to get rid of it like a virus? Or is it going to be something he has to learn to live with? Yeah. And these were kind of the things that were circling in my head. Oh, and is Abel going to get the heck out of Raider Farms uh, safely? So those were the things circling in my mind. What about you? Yeah, no, same thing, man. Like, I wanted to see how the the issue with him and his dad were, were, were how it was going to resolve. Like, were no. they going to figure it out together? Were they going to just not like each other? What, what, what the resolution was going to be, you know, mm-hmm. between them. And I kind of had a feeling that, Hey, this thing isn't going away in able, like he's going to have to learn how to deal with it. And, yeah. um, even in volume two, you know, when he's with um, Fox and he's with um, Bobby, like when he's around the people that love him, you know, he can seem, it seemed like he had a better grasp on it than mm-hmm. when he's around, you know, like his old group of friends or his dad, you know, like, I don't know. It just seemed to me like he was going to have to figure out, okay, this is with me forever. I can't be like my dad. I can't be like my grandpa. This is the path I'm going down. Like, I'm going to have to figure something out. Yeah. I also, I'm not going to lie. I did kind of want to know how, what was going to go on with Abel and his mom. Oh, me Uh, too. Yeah. uh, Maybe we'll talk more about that as we kind of progress through this volume. Uh, But that was one thing that I... That was kind of front and center in my mind. Yeah, me too. Well, let, me, let me just ask you up front. Yeah. Like, in your mind, Abel's journey up to this point, like, why did he leave? And I'm asking you, and just answer honestly, I don't think there's a right or wrong here. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I read an interview on the back of this deluxe hardcover, and uh, I'm just curious what you thought. When he was leaving his house and, and getting away, 
what exactly do you think he was leaving and and like what was he looking for or what was he hoping to well, accomplish by yeah, running no, away? At first, I think he had no choice but to run away because his dad was a rage NATO yeah. and he was on the verge of dying. Yeah. So he had no choice and I don't think he knew where he was running to right. begin with. He was just run getting away. Yeah. However, then I think it turned into okay, I got to find my mom. Yeah. Because he even mentioned, I think in in, in the second volume like I the, my mom sent me something from here. I think this was the last time, you know, I what what area she lived in Middle West or whatever, you know, and mentions a town. And so it was almost like it transitioned from, hey, I'm getting away from my dad. I'm just running for my life. Now I'm on this mission. I got to find my mom because where else am I going to go kind of thing? And so I am, <clears throat> I mean, I'll just straight up say it. I am a little bummed out that we didn't get anything else about the mom. You know, like, I don't know. I I, I was maybe just maybe expected a little more maybe. Yeah. So can I, I know this probably isn't the most entertaining of a bit for a podcast, but can I read you what he says about this? Yeah. I want to hear it because I don't have the, the hardcover. Yeah. So, so he's being interviewed by a dude named is this Kent. Scotty Young now being interviewed. Yeah. So Kent is saying, uh, in early concept talks, we discussed the role that Abel's mother might play in the story and his search for her is her, is his search for her the point of the story? Does he ever find her? What is she like? Can you talk about some of those initial ideas and how that role evolved? And Scotty says, that was probably one of the hardest aspects to navigate. Abel's mom plays such a big role in both their lives that it was difficult to figure out how to serve that character. At the beginning, Abel and Dale are blaming each other for her leaving and hurting them. My first instinct was to have Abel go on a journey to find his mom, but it just didn't feel authentic. When a parent leaves in real life, you're not given any reasons or at least not truthful ones. You're told things to either protect you from those reasons or you're told how bad they are so that you hurt as badly as they do. Abel had one parent leave and one parent who hurt him. I decided that Abel's story wasn't about finding his mom. It was about finding himself. Mm, that makes that makes total sense. But but I, But when I read that, I was like, but even through volume two, it still seemed like even in the story that Scotty was writing, that there was a part of Abel's journey that was looking for his mom. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think maybe what it comes down to he was, is he was looking for people that loved him, mm. which at, maybe at that time he didn't see that was right in front of his face, you know, with, with the with the fair and with Bobby and Ranch and all them. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to a parenting book uh, by Brene Brown, and she's a shame researcher. And it's been really fascinating and I've really liked it. But one of the things I kept thinking about here for Abel in, in light of what she was saying was, you know, the crazy thing about shame is that it won't ever let you. Like anytime he rages out, he's not guilty about it. He feels such a deep shame, you know? And so he he needs to get away because he, he can't even look at people who tell him to his face that they love him. Yeah. And yeah. that they're family now. Like he can't even believe it because he feels so ashamed about, you know... What he what's did, inside yeah. of him yeah hmm. and his dad never helped him with that i mean it was pure shame the whole time yeah let me ask you this what'd you think of the first couple pages of issue 13 to start off this arc you get that nice flashback of a scene with mom in it and dad and they're all around the looks like the uh kitchen dad's a little nice man 
Like yeah. he seemed, I mean, he kind of, you can kind of sense some of the, uh, the negative talk that he, you know, throws towards Abel, but, uh, and it, and it evolves quickly to him and his mom fighting in the kitchen. But early on, you're just getting. Yeah. First kind of a nice. Look. Yeah. He's giving him props. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, you know, we're almost just left like, okay, what happened? Because he did seem like he was a loving, cool dad. And it seemed to go downhill. The more, like, it almost like mom left and he got like, what's the word? Um, he like wasn't meeting his emotions, you know? He was just like this stone face, like, oh, you got to work hard. Like, yeah. I don't know, just a total different attitude, you know? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I think so. But then we're kind of thrown right back into Raider Farms, man. And, he seems to be making some cool connections with some of the other kids there, and they're really getting to talk about uh, the struggles that they've had growing up. What What are you thinking? Yeah, I think um, this was probably my favorite part of all Volume 3 is seeing him build these relationships in the middle of, like, these trying times. Like, he's going through this crazy part of his life where he's stuck in Raider Farms, just getting beat up. The environment is terrible so you know bad and like he's basically like their slave labor you know like having to work in these crazy conditions to mine this uh what what is it called um ethyl yeah this ethyl fuel out of the farms and you just see how crazy it is out there like you can die at any time not only is the ethyl very dangerous but then there's like these bugs that are like, yeah. And dude. they look like giant slugs that are all oh. over the ethyl that they got to clear out and they got to like freeze them and like put them in their backpack. So, all this time, he's building these relationships with these kids that are going through this dramatic experience all together. And mm-hmm. it's very cool to see them all like build each other up. And like, like, I love it from, you know, from volume two where Bobby's like, dude, it's the family you choose, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And again, now you see him building this family with this group of misfit kids. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of them have really awesome insight that end up helping Abel along the way. And I was going to say for Abel, it was probably one of the first times he got a real taste that he's not alone in his yeah. struggles, you know, like other people have gone through tough times and that's got to... uh be an eye opener for him and really help him connect with those kids. Yeah. So it was cool, man. He like a lot of the kids really speak, speak into him. Um, Just, you know, different struggles and they all had crummy parents, but you don't have to be that way. You know, they're like, he's like, no, this is who I am. And they're like, no, like you don't have to be this way. And it's really cool because there's multiple times while he's at this farm and they're they're basically like he 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 has this crew that they all become friends. So they decide, hey, we're gonna break out of here. So over the course of weeks, they start planning this elaborate escape, right? And um, they, well, before we before we get ahead. there, I want to talk to you about one of the scariest parts for a moment for me as I'm reading the story when. I don't remember his name, but is it Mr. Raider? I don't know. I can't remember his first name, but the dude who runs the farm. Yeah, Nicholas. 
Nicholas, he's reaching out to Abel and he wants Abel to like get a promotion more or less. And there's just this interaction between the two of them where it really felt like Abel was maybe leaning into him as a father figure. And I started to get really scared because uh, obviously his actions speak louder than his words, but in that moment to a broken, you know, child being able to like, uh, convince him of something that wasn't true that like he's a nice guy he gets where he's coming from and uh i don't know man did that make you nervous for a bit i was so glad that like quickly on the couple page turns he lets everybody know like hey i have to do this it's our only hope to break out but at the time i was getting nervous like no abel like do not trust this guy yeah it almost seemed like you know you have this dude who who even though he talks a big game, he tried to really play it like he cared for him, yeah, and at first you you start thinking like, no, don't fall for it this is you you can't do it, yeah. but like you said it it was cool to see right when he left that office he's like, nah, he's like the the kids are like, you're not taking it, and he's like, yeah, I'm taking it, but I'm taking it so we can get the heck out of here. Yeah. And that, that's when you kind of, dude, at that point, you just got to do like a fist I know. Bump, heck dude. Yeah, like, dude. yeah. And just so pumped because earlier on too, and I think maybe even the same issue, the other kids are pointing to Abel and telling Bobby like, you have to help him. Look, he's given up. But then you see like, oh, he's not giving up, man. He's, he's you know, working it all out. The gears are spinning inside of Abel's mind, you know? Yeah. And I like that, you know, like Bobby never gives up on him. She's always like, that's not the kid who I've seen. Like Mm -hmm. she knows deep down who Abel is and what he's capable of. And so it was really cool to see him just build these relationships with kids that have gone through the same kind of stuff, similar stuff that he has. And now he knows, okay, I'm not alone, you know, because before he was all by himself, you know, his buddy, his, his, uh, group of friends that he had before seemed like they didn't have to deal with the stuff he was dealing with and he was pretty much living life by himself i mean i know fox was there but um so it was really cool to see him build those relationships that he's never had before mm-hmm. or at least he maybe had a long time ago with his dad and you know but didn't for a long time yeah but anyway i mean so move, moving from there there you know doing what they need to do to to get the little pieces for their plan to escape. They're pickpocketing, they're doing all this stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah. meanwhile, Jeb finally, conv- you know, gets everybody, Jeb and Magdalena finally convince everybody in their crew to go with them too, you know? And so yeah. they're on a mission and they, uh, they get to this part where they like got across the sea and they got to get to this like seafarer dude. And I love this part where Magdalena ends up in that dude's mind to help him, that double page was just like this really cool break and like all this tension. This one? Or the one where he's, oh, yeah, 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 where he's fishing? Yeah. Yeah. And he's just talking to her. I thought that was rad. And yeah, no, I think you hit it uh, right on the head. Like we have all this tension. We have the craziness with, with Raider Farms. We have the craziness with with them trying to basically cross the impossible river like they don't know how they're going to do it for one they have to turn their vehicles now into boats and so they're struggling with that and you're like dude there's almost like no hope but then you get this cool interaction with this dude who you think has lost his mind and um magdalena's like no like i'm gonna i'm gonna you know try to fix this situation so that was really really neat that um 
he was able to help in the way he did. And the artwork, man, is incredible right through here. Like the 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 river scene and the storm and these huge fish that come along to help him out. I thought the artwork here was really rad. Honestly, I mean, all throughout this, the artwork has been some of my favorite. Like, I think it... It's phenomenal stuff. Yeah, I will say there was one part towards the end when you see Dale finally come back to yeah. to um, Abel, and they're both Rage Nados. It is kind of hard to distinguish who's who and kind of what's going on and all the craziness and what they're even doing. But other than that, the artwork, I thought, throughout this whole run has been fantastic. Wow. Well, anyway, dude... Um... Abel and crew, you know, they're they're on their way out. They've got this plan. Dude, and I, it almost felt like they were going to get it, man. They got to that door, and all of a sudden, you know, it's locked. They can't get it, and all of a sudden, those tunnels start flooding. Yeah, it almost was seemed too good to be true, you know? Like, something had yeah, to happen. It turns out it did. It, it was. was. Too good Mr. Raider knew exactly what they were doing, and he, him and his crew... They were waiting for him right when they got out of this tunnel. He's the one who tripped the alarms, flooded the tunnel system. And um, this was, I think, the part I was most nervous for because, dude, I thought he was just going to destroy Abel right here where he just starts beating him up. Dude. Yeah. And just, um, he, yeah, I don't know, man, because he. it's crazy how throughout this whole volume three, how he almost turned into a rage nato like at least three times mm-hmm. but the people that love him and that are around him were able to like either talk him out of it and calm him down and right here in this situation like he could have easily like turned quick into a rage nato but he's about to get pummeled by nicholas you know and right before it happens then luckily that's when um you know, Magdalena and Jed and all them show up at the front gate. So it's almost like he got saved. And I didn't yeah. know, like, I didn't know what was going to happen right there. But it's cool that you get to this point now where he can, he's almost like he can control his, his anger issue, the heart of the storm, you know? To some degree. Definitely like way better than at the beginning of the story. But it still feels like maybe he loses control a little bit here. Uh, you know, like, yeah. I think there's still triggers that he's going to have to watch out for. But he's definitely in a spot where he's grown, you know, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, big time. Let me ask you th- this question. because this <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just ask questions this whole, this whole episode. Okay, but when when they finally show up and they they um I knew Mag- this question was coming. Yeah, Magdalena is standing up there and she's like, you know, she knows Nicholas. They have some yeah. type of past together. Like and it never really came through like I I still don't understand what like deal they had or like yeah, I think in volume 2 there was she mentioned it just briefly and so I don't really know either. But it was something like she turned a blind eye to what he was doing and the and he would leave her and her crew alone. I what I vaguely remember. And uh it's haunted her forever because she knew what she was doing. So when she's showing him all those kids, she feels guilty for because she knew she she probably should have done something to stop it instead of turning a blind eye. Hmm. Uh but I yeah, I mean that I'm not entirely sure. 
Okay, yeah, because that was the only part of the story that I was kind of like thrown off to because it really didn't go into that much detail in the previous volumes. Yeah. So I was like, man, did I miss something? Like, what was their like contract? What was their agreement they had? You know? Mm-hmm. I, I do vaguely remember that she said that she turned a blind eye to that she knew and she decided to just pay no mind to it so that she could keep on keeping on. Hey, okay, that does kind of make sense because I know like. Remember when Abel was still with the farm and he was raging out and she was so like, almost like selfish, like, no, like, remember she didn't want to go after him and Mm -hmm. and, um, Bobby was like, no, she's part of our people. And she's like, no, I'm trying to protect our people. Like she almost got like, just focused on just herself. Exactly. You know? So, okay. That, that makes sense now. But dude, you know, meanwhile, so this whole escape plan's coming to a head. He's caught. He's getting beat up by Raider. Like he straight's just getting beat up. And Magdalena and Jeb are there, and they're take trying to fight Raider's crew. And uh, but good old Dale, good old Dale. I'm not sure that's even a way that you should put it. But Dale, you know, he's he's NATOing and uh, Abel's NATOing, and it looks like they're fighting together, dude. Yeah, before we get there, I just want to one more time admire the artwork. So fantastic. The 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 battle scene between the 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 crew, the Magdalena's crew, the crew that works at Raider Farm, they're shooting these like electric shockers at everybody. The the um ethyl starting to burn. Like it is some of the cool this double page spread is probably one of my favorite in this yeah. run. It is rad. I really like this one too, where he's just roaring. And he's got, he knocked Raider down. Yeah. And Magdalena's sitting there looking at him, just scared out of her mind. Yeah. Well, it gets to a point in this battle where, yeah, you're right. Abel finally loses it and just goes nuts. He starts raging Nader and the dad shows up. They're raging Nader together. And this is that part I kind of told you where it's almost like very chaotic. You don't know who's who. And um, you get a lot of the dialogue from, from like, uh, the crew of kind of explaining it. No, that's not able. You know, I think that's his dad. I think they're fighting together and they're fighting together because they're taking out Raiders machines who are trying to shoot all of Magdalena and Jeb's crew who are there to save kids. Cause you know, yeah. I mean, that's why they're there. They're, they're there to save the kids. So at this point, it's crazy to think too, because this whole time Dale has been on this mission to find Abel, right? And the entire time, every time we see little bits and pieces of Dale, every town he stopped in, he's rage NATO'd out. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a bad thing. And you mentioned this to me too, you know. And now they're raging together for like for the good, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's a little crazy. Yeah, I agree. But what'd you think, man? There's like a whole page of Dale just saying, I'm sorry. Over and over and over. Yeah. To Abel. Because they finally, when they're raging and they kind of seem like they've taken out all of Raider's machines, uh, there's a moment where they kind of, you know, come back to form, human form. Because, you know, Dale's pretty much begging Abel to, like, please talk to him, you know. And Abel's not having it, but he he finally gets to the point where they have this conversation. And, uh... Man, he says I'm sorry about a thousand times. What'd you think of this of this conversation between 
dad and son and was it what you wanted it to be did it live up to your expectations uh this is kind of the story is heading here and this is the big pinnacle you know this is the big yeah this is what we've been waiting for and so at first you can definitely tell it's a heartfelt like dad that's just broken that knows he was in the wrong knows that he messed up and is full of regret and almost just like Abel, full of shame, you know? Yeah. And he's trying to do what he can to make it right with Abel. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he went really far, you know? And it's not something you can just be like, all right, let's hug it out and let's go back home living like normal, you know? Right. But... um yeah, man. I, I don't know. Like, what do you think here? Because basically, you know, Abel goes on to tell his dad, like, you know, you, you broke me, basically, you know, like, and it's weird because I don't know if it's just in that short amount of time with those kids, Abel was able to mature to a level that we'd never seen before. <laughs> And like understand all the stuff he went through, you know, it was pretty quick, if yeah. that makes sense. I, I do want to, uh, uh, okay, I'll address that, but don't let me forget I have a question for you about what's going down here. I think for me, uh, Scotty, you know, he's talked a lot about how this is a personal story for him. And it was, I think, rough to write through some of this. Mm-hmm. I felt like he had a lot he wanted to say. And it kind of lost a little bit of its dialoguiness for me between father and son here. And it felt a little bit more exposition-y. Like, Scotty had an essay and he needed his son, he needed Abel to say the things that he needed to say. And didn't necessarily have all the time to make it flow uh, as much as maybe it could have. But that said, I still, it's still, I mean, that was such a minor little point to me. Mm -hmm. It just felt a little uh, forced through Abel. Uh, but everything he said really landed home. And I'm sure that's exactly how Abel felt. It just didn't feel like Abel saying it to me. It felt like Scotty saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Do you agree? Disagree? I'm, I'm open to being told I'm crazy. No, it makes sense. And it just, I think goes in line with what I was saying. Like it, it, like almost was really quick that Abel finally grasped everything that was going on and was like, a different maturity level than he was before. Yeah, exactly. I do want to ask you this question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should just start titling these shows. Let me ask you this. <laughs> so one of the things that I felt a little uncomfortable with here, right, is that he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, presumably it's because he feels bad about his anger, what he's done to Abel. and. Um, you know, all that stuff. But then here, does it seem like he's asking Abel to punch him? Because he says, please, you have to do this. Please, please, son, please. And it, I wasn't sure if what he was asking Abel to do was to like beat him up. Like, I deserve it. Please beat me up. Yeah. Or is he asking for a hug? I was unclear. And I felt really uncomfortable thinking, Bro, the wrong, this is not, the way to fix this isn't to ask your son to be violent. Like, yeah. this is the whole problem. I, I think it was asking for um, almost to be punished, you know, like for him to do the same thing that 
in mm-hmm. return that he did to his son, almost like, hey, let's do two right or two wrongs might make a right, you know, like, but Abel, I think, takes the high road and maybe just shows his maturity again, like I was saying. And like, you know, even as his dad says, like, it's time to finish this, you know, mm-hmm. and his he's like, I he's not doing it the way he wants it. Like he deserves, like he just wants to, I think, able to unleash on him. Yeah. And Abel's like, no, like I'm not doing that. And that's when, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier too, like he's able to now understand that he has this heart of the storm and able to understand it and able to control it more. Now, you know, because like beforehand, he, he he wouldn't been able to do this, you know, and he's able to, I guess, also communicate like his dad's at a point where you can tell him like, hey, you're at this vulnerable point now. I can tell you, hey, why did you do this? You you broke me. Like, why did you why did you not like me? And just a lot of heartfelt stuff, which I think you hit really well. Like it probably comes straight from Scotty, you know? Mm hmm. And one of the things that was crazy here for me is, you know, his dad's saying, I love you. And he says, if you love me, then why didn't you ever like me? Mm -hmm. And to me, that gets to the shame thing again. Like, you know, he's his dad just shamed him all the time and never reminded him that like, hey, maybe you're doing something that's not right or something that I think you could be doing better, but you're still a good kid. Instead, every time he saw something he didn't like or thought Abel could be doing better, it was, you're a terrible kid. Not like, hey, man, you're a good kid. Let's just try to like not be late for our paper route again. Yeah. But the way he constantly delivered it was like, you're a mess up. You're a screw up. And like that just sits with it's Abel almost, and travels like, with him for such a long time. Yeah, it's almost like he took his childhood away and didn't even want him to be a kid, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, some pretty heartfelt stuff between him and his dad. Um, it, it was crazy to me, too, that, you know, Abel's finally, like, standing up for himself in a good way, you know? And um, I don't know. The resolution was just different than what I expected, I guess. I'm not saying it was bad. It was just different than what I Are you talking it. specifically about the fact that his dad asked him to go home with him and he says no? Yeah. So, they, you know, they're, they're seeming like... I wouldn't say the problem is resolved, but it seems like they're on the other side of everything now. And Abel does say he'll forgive him, but obviously he can't forget what just happened in the recent months of, you know, his life, which I totally get. And his dad's like, yeah, you're right. Let's go and start over, you know? And he's basically like, nah, like I'm sticking with my new family, you know? And which I get like, he feels loved there. He feels cared for. He has great relationships. Now all those kids that he just rescued from Raider Farm, that's going to be his new family moving forward. Let me ask you a question. (laughs) (laughs) This is one thing that I don't know if it's going to seem like I'm trying to nitpick something that shouldn't be nitpicked, but it is something I thought. And I think you might've thought this too. I can't remember. Okay. He bails from his dad because his dad mistreated him. And he feels a sense of like abandonment from his dad because of this. Yep. He gets to this new family. He rages out one time and they straight give him the boot. Pretty much everybody abandoned him besides Bobby. Yeah. So 
in what sense here, if you're able, do you feel like the how is he so quick to forgive them for that? And, you know, not his dad. I mean, I know his dad did something beyond belief to him. Yeah. But it's a quick apology for get out of here. We don't ever want to see you again. Hmm. You know what I mean? I think maybe just by their actions too, more than anything. And and, and Bobby kind of was that bridge between the two of them yeah, for the whole time. Where he too. didn't have that with his dad, you know? I but I, I totally get what you're saying. And so... um yeah, so just, it, it, I don't know. I just wanted to, I don't know if they, you know, because it's hard to mend that relationship, I'm sure. Like, that's going to be a thing that's going to take a ton of time, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I guess, I, I guess I couldn't see it going. I don't know. It just was different than what I expected, I guess, you know? Like, they, yeah. how could they put all that, you know, they can't just be like, oh, let's hug it out and go home, you know? like Right. That would have felt, you would have felt let down by that, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, and the road that that would have went down is, you know, they couldn't have put that in just a couple pages, you know? So, um, I get it. And um, I'm glad that he has some closure now. And I'm glad he's with family that like loves mm-hmm. him for who he is, you know, yeah. no matter his mess ups and his faults and, you know, they, they're still there for him. They still love him. And um, yeah. so that's really cool. One of the things I think that is a striking difference between the two groups here, uh, the chosen family and Dale is that they at least can see the good in him. I felt like for the longest time, Dale could never even see anything good about it. Yeah. Either. He was always just nitpicking the bad stuff. Yeah. And I absolutely, I loved it. I'm curious if you loved it too, but I love the very end here uh, where Dale saying to Magdalena, take care of my boy. And she says, uh, I've seen his heart. I'm pretty sure he's going to be taking care of us. Yeah. And I was like, that's rad. What yeah, a cool, no. cool way to kind of wrap it up and just to see the growth of Abel and that they can see that growth in him too is, uh, was a cool, cool moment to, close this book up with i thought yeah no and I, I would say you know i was satisfied with it all in all the whole story i thought was really well done artwork i thought was fantastic phenomenal anybody can it. pick this one up and read it if you haven't go out and check this one out if you have read it jump in our discord let us know what you thought um tell us how you thought it ended and, and if you if you like the resolution and and um but overall dude i it um it was a great read for me. I'm giving it a four out of five. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. What about you? I'm thinking. <laughs> I, we haven't given a rating and a good clip because we've been going through it kind of. Yeah, yeah. Now. I always I always don't like going second because if I repeat you, it feels like what a weak rating. This repeating <laughs> rating. <laughs> but I think four out of five is right. But I'm just wondering. I love the artwork so much that I. Should I bump it to a four or five? I mean, it wouldn't be like the artwork was fantastic. So I really loved it, dude. Uh, but I think four is probably right. There, the ending there where it felt like, you know, Abel lost a little bit of his normal speech patterns. And uh, some of the fight scenes were a little bit, you know, I mean, confusing. it is. But I do wonder if that was kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. That's it's what I was like just about when to say. when when anger is just blowing up and you know anger just on anger, chaos, yeah, chaos, man. And, and you that's can't exactly what if you know if that was how it was supposed to be, it was perfect on the page, you know, because it wasn't yeah. very chaotic. Yeah. 
I, I like four out of five, maybe four and a half. I mean, we're not living or dying by our ratings here, but uh, I loved it. I think, uh, especially if you're a dad, you have kids mm. or, you know, even even if you've had a dad, which I think that's a lot of us. It's a great story to dig into. And Scotty, you could tell he put his heart into it. Yeah, and, very uh, emotional. And, yeah. yeah. And just cool. Be- I think Jorge Corona's artwork was, I, just, I loved it, man. I loved the artwork. I th- or the coloring. No, yeah, coloring I, too was fantastic. Yeah. And I loved the lettering. Nate Picos teared it up with that. So I, I think it was just. Teared it up? Tear, tore it up, teared it up. You know, I'm great <laughs> with this sort of stuff. Uh, so that's an eight. Well, that's a four out of five for the old uh, CBL. <laughs> and uh, I don't like sticking to my own rules, I guess. No, but it's, it was fantastic. I though, loved man. it, man. Uh, it was a great story. Fun one to go through with you and yeah. to hear what you thought about. And, and it was cool, too, because, like, you know, we didn't, like, go ahead. Like, we read it, like, one book at a time. So it was neat to go through it and chip away at it with you. And um, I am curious, too, if... Uh, to all of our thousands of listeners out there, if uh, what you thought of us taking our time kind of going through a big chunk of a, a book like this, like that, and, uh, you know, let us know what you thought about it. Yeah. I will not say. That, not that we'll change anything, but I'm curious, <laughs> curious what you thought. I will say, dude, man, I, 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 it would be cool to dive back into this world one day. You know, I don't think, you know, I don't know. It, it, would, it would be neat because I would... You mean having like a like more story, or you mean rereading this in your own life at some point? Oh no, just maybe like more story, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it would be neat. I like the world seems rad. There seems like there's a bunch of different characters and different oh, stuff going on, man. Yeah. Just a cool world they built. So, um, but overall, man, I loved it. Yeah, the the like American sort of mythology and folklore. Like it'd be cool to see what Abel's up to now. Yeah. But um, anyways, dude, before we wrap it up here, because we're uh, getting a little short on time, I want to chat to you about 8 Billion Genies, issue 7, real quick. Hop into it, man. What did you think? First of all, I got the um, the Spawn variant cover. Oh, my gosh. That's rad. Dude, see the little Dude, genie? look at the genie with the Spawn on it. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I was so stoked when they had this because usually I just pull cover A and I went yeah. and looked on the wall and I was like, no way. I've got to have this rad spawn variant. So that's so cool. Um, yeah, love all the variants of this. But, um, dude, this whole issue was, I loved it. I thought the it was The artwork rad. was amazing. The artwork is so fun. And I know there was a lot that went down in this issue, but a lot of it was so good. Emotional. Like you see a lot of like, Almost like a lot of the characters that we've met through this book, their final like time in this journey. And it was, even though it was sad and they went through crazy times, like it has a, it ended on a note that it's going to turn around. You know what I I mean? I hope so. I think so, dude. It's got to, because even the genies mentioned it in previous issues. Like, this has a, been a reoccurring event that happens every so long. That's and right. so, you know, it, it goes to show, like, I don't know. It was just, even though they're going through these crazy times, like, they all kind of turn this corner where they they realize, hey, man, like, 
we need to do good here. Like we were all, obviously the world was going into a bad place and then it went into chaos and now we need to do our best to make it good, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was just cool to see where our characters are at. Cause this is what, um, the first eight decades now. So this is pretty far, you know, like we see the, the family with, with the daughter that they still haven't let her use her wish. And, um, Dude, that whole town that they ended up living in was wild, man. Dude, so wild. We get the idea, man, that came comes back. I'm so glad that he got tossed. Oh, my gosh, dude. Robbie, we finally got Robbie again to back to where he was when it, everything first went down, when he first wanted to be a hero and why he wanted to do it. Because his mom, who was a remnant, had like her, the dad died and she only had moments before she vanished, finally got to talk to him like... Hey man, your the wool's been pulled over your eyes, and he finally yep. woke up. So you see all the wickedness and all the craziness and all these people, but then you still get a glimpse of these people that want want to make the world a better place. And I I loved it when Robbie just like tossed the idea man to the moon. So rad. and um, dude, yeah, the art is just fantastic, and it, it was great, man. I loved it. You see the three bandmates that were buddies. Um, all kind of start to to go through the last stages of their their life and they're passing away and um yeah dude it was good man yeah man the barkeep passed away that was crazy was that the one in uh are you sure that was the barkeep I thought i saw him in here somewhere that it was his funeral somewhere that's the bandmate He's holding the guitar. Remember, there was three of them that left. And so he was the first one to pass away. And then the other two um, fell in love. And then he passed away. And then so she got one last wish. Because remember, their genie was shared between the three of them to get into that city. Yeah, that's right. Dude, the interaction between the idea man and his genie as he's hurtling toward the moon was hysterical, dude. His genie was not a fan of No, him, his genie was like, dude, you've had plenty of wishes, dude. Yeah. So crazy. And he's man. like, once he gets into space, the genie's like, so close because he can't even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it was just, they had so many like just funny one-liners. Art was great. Um yeah, I could just live in this world forever, dude. I think, you know? I don't know. Yeah. And I hope when they adapt it to a show, I just hope it's rad. Seems like it's going to be hard, man, but I'm stoked about like, it. Look at old man Robbie. So huge. He's jacked. He is jacked. So it ends, though, you know, on a good note, we have the one, the, I think this is the last person that's left in the bar. What do you think the last wish is going to be, dude? I don't know. I think it's going to be a good one. I mean, it's got to be. that. She's in her, what? Um, I think she's almost 18 now. Because, right? She's got to be late teens. I, I No, because it, it's uh, when when she was with her parents, they had a rule at that one city that they couldn't use oh, wishes yeah. until they were like 20-something. And now she's older because it's the first eight decades. So she's... She know. looked older in the in the panel. She looked yeah. older. So yeah, it does definitely went into the future. So she's got her last wish, and yeah, it, I think it's gonna end on a cool note, man. Like this whole world that they've created has just been fun and um, creative. The artwork is fun. 
And um, it's just one of those stories you can just, dude, just dive into and just get lost and just in like, I don't know, just whatever you're going through, you can read this and just be like, dude, that was yeah. fun, man. The cool thing is that like every issue uh, rewards rereading because of the artwork. So it's been cool to like, just like, I think like you, you had mentioned it a couple issues back, like you read it. And then you were going through the issue again and just like, you know, taking your time, looking at each panel and yeah, getting they a good put laugh so many different it. details, like in the background that you don't yeah. even notice as you go through and reread and look at it. So this one would be a cool one to like collect yeah. in a hardcover, like oversized. Yeah. It would be definitely, I think, worse. You're like tempted to get uh, bummed that it took so long to come out from the last one. But then when you see the artwork in this one, you're like, oh, I get why. Oh, it yeah. So it did long. seem like a long wait, but it was worth it. It was it, it was great. So one one more issue left and we'll see how it ends up. Hopefully the the adaptation to a TV show is, is, is fun. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure that's a ways out. Yeah. But. Did you see that Witches is getting a TV show? I saw the animated, yeah. But what's coming out next week you're looking forward to, buddy? Dude, next week, um, I think the biggest one I'm looking forward to, well, there's a lot I'm looking forward to, but I think Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, issue four, that's yeah. been like one of my favorite reads so far this year from Boom. Uh, that one's coming out. Canary, issue five. It's on Comixology, Snyder exclusive on there. Um, I, I really like that series. The artwork is fantastic in that. Um, so definitely going to check those two out. Um, what else is coming out? What are you looking forward to? Saga, si- Saga 62, uh, Something's Killing the Children 29, Deadpool 4, One Bad Day, Clayface. Oh, yeah, the Clayface one. Yeah. L- Liquid Kill is finally, I Liquid think, supposed Kill. to come out. Fingers crossed, you know. Otherwise, we'll be back here next week saying liquid kill. <laughs> <laughs> we got Black Cloak 2. I loved number one, so I've been really stoked for that. I know you're going to be stoked for Specs 4. I think oh, that's yeah. the end of that. That wraps it up. Yep, you're right. Immortal Sergeant 2. And a new one written by the by Tony Fleeks. Flex, I can't remember how you're supposed to say it. Uh, he wrote Stray Dogs, and he's got one coming out called Local Man, which seems really cool and interesting. Yeah, from Image, that did look really cool. And one uh, that also looks pretty rad is a James Tinian book mm, mm-hmm. uh, called called Blue Book, and I think it's all about aliens. And, don't, uh, don't, I'm not reading timing. that. And you, perfect know, you know what's funny is, for one, not only is it perfect timing with all these objects floating around the inner, uh, the old, the inner, the inner, I was going to say inner space. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, floating around the internet. No, but um, not only that, and I'll, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna get a little vulnerable here. And Were you abducted, bro? I was never abducted. Never seen an alien. I don't even know if I believe in aliens. But I'll tell you what, man. They creep out of anything that could scare me in this world. It's an alien. I, it, I don't know. There's something about it. The mystery. The just the weirdness. I. I Get kind of creeped out and a little terrified of aliens. I'll tell you. Really, that. I didn't know oh, this. Yeah. No. So when I when I read that this was first coming out, I was like, "Oh, this looks rad. I'm going to check it out." And it is literally he's basically retelling supposedly true stories of what happened to people, but in comic book form. The comic book dad is out. I'm out on this. <laughs> I am straight out. I don't do this. I don't do aliens. Yeah. Um. <laughs> not getting probed nothing <laughs> I hear you man 
Uh, yeah, they I never knew that about that, you. Dude, remember that old movie, um, Fire in the Sky, like from the yeah. 80s? Oof. Well. Give me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like it. Don't do that. It's so funny. It, if anyone else out there has got a, <laughs> an irrational that would fear be, of aliens. That would be my biggest fear. Like, you know, some people are like, oh, snakes creep me out or bugs or spideys or whatever. No. Mm-mm. Aliens. And I don't even think they're real, but they creep me out. I mean, they could be. It was funny because I was talking to my wife about this the other day and she was like, you know, I don't even really like to talk or think about this. I think she might be in the same boat as They're you. creepy, man. I mean, you know, yeah. you have all these creepy things out there. Loch Ness, Nelly. Sasquatch. <laughs> None of those really creep me out besides just the aliens, dude. Weird. Yeah. Uh, and I'm and not talking the, about like aliens from like, you know, the movie Alien or the movie, uh, you know, um, Independence Day. I'm talking about the creepy looking, big eyed, like, yeah. just the creepy ones, the little. Did you like the movie Signs with Mel Gibson? So, I mean, that was okay, but those ones weren't that creepy either. You know, I'm talking about like, I don't know, the little gray Martians that just, I don't know, man, just, I'm getting creeped out talking about it. (laughs) And just a quick mention for some of the collected editions, we've got Undiscovered Country 4 coming out. And then this one that looks kind of cool. I don't know anything about it, but the artwork on the cover uh, fascinates me a little bit. It's called Breathers. Uh, So if anybody knows anything about Breathers, breathers, let me know. Who publishes uh, it? I think... I think it was Image or Dark Horse. I can't remember. Hmm. But it looked cool. And uh, just a reminder to check out our buddy Frank over at Coffee and a Comic for anything you're looking to pick up. Set up a pull list over there. He's got it all set up now uh, through previews where you can, you know, get your books on FOC. And uh, Frank's a rad dude. He's always doing cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Enter our coupon code at checkout, comic book player in all caps. Save yourself 15% at checkout. Yeah, buddy. Can't beat it. <laughs> what are you doing? I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm doing. What do we got going on next week, though, buddy? Dude, next week we're going back to what we do best, hanging in the lair. Uh, super stoked to get into a bunch of books that um, you know I, I haven't been able to lately just because my life's been so crazy. But um, I'm going to be diving into Mosley 2, for instance. Um, super stoked to read that one finally. That came out this week. I'm going to be getting into Quested Issue 3. Um, diving back into that fun world um, with, with uh, video games. Dude, speaking of video games, the new Hogwarts RPG came out. Dude, Did you see I that? I saw that, yeah. I'm surprised you I think weren't it was all like, over that. I fall I, I saw, didn't. I think it's Rob's Geek Cave on Instagram. Shout out to him. He's cool. Uh, he was playing through it. And man, it looks rad. Dude. It looks incredible. I mean, I don't have the time to to dedicate to playing an in-depth RPG game like that. But that's got to be like, finally, a game that, you know, can satisfy the Harry Potter fans out there. Because they've tried, I think, in the past and just didn't yeah. live up to it. And that one looks so fun. Like, if I had time to dedicate to it, dude, I would be all over that. Me too. I think, what is it? You go, you're going into Hogwarts, like, how many years before Harry was there or something like that? And you get to, like, create your character. You get to get placed into a house. Like, it just seems fun. Anyways, I'm not, I, I wish I had time to dedicate it because it looks cool. Like, I'm missing out. I have no time. I just but it does look choose. rad. Yeah. Well, 
But um, yeah, so super stoked to get into um, just some some books I've been getting backed up on just because I haven't had the time. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. And um, just chatting books, probably some sports, maybe some Always. weather. <laughs> <laughs> we got to, you know, we got these segments. We got to live up to it. You know, the weather layer and the sports layer. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just looking forward to it, man. It's going to be going to be a good time next week. And uh, can't wait to just hang in the lair and um, chat books, man, that we've been catching up on. Heck yeah, man. Me too. How can people keep up with us and uh, everything we got going on? Yeah, definitely uh, subscribe to our show. Um, refer us to a friend. If anybody's in the comics or they're just getting into comics, we'd love to meet them. And uh, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Head over to our Instagram, the comic book lair. You can see everything we're reading. And um, jump into our Discord. Let us know what you thought about Middle West, how it ended, what you, what you thought of the whole story. And um, let us know what you're reading right now. We'd love to hear it. Anyways, keep reading comics. Cowabunga, nerds. Like the sound of the Comic Book Layer podcast? Our audio production is provided by Rosecat Audio. Check out Rosecat Audio at rosecataudio.com. R-O-S-E-K-A-T audio.com.